Good uh, afternoon. It is 12 o'clock and welcome to the MoneyWeb at Midday Show. This show is brought to you by the South African Institute of Chartered Accountants, leaders in business. My name is Rek Fanika. It's a pretty quiet day today. Markets marginally higher. Um, also not too many uh, corporate announcements out. Glencore, however, announced that it will buy back as much as $1 billion of its shares. And this, of course, follows news that the U.S. Department of Justice is busy with a corruption and money laundering investigation into its operation in three countries. It has requested some documentation relating to the operations in these countries. Uh, this, of course, sent the share in a bit of a tailspin. It dropped 10% uh, earlier in the week, but it seems to be on the recovery path. Um, and then Anglo-American Platinum also announced that it will sell 33% in, uh, in the Bafuking Razamon Platinum mine to Royal Bafuking Platinum for 1.8 billion rand. And uh, this is part of a program to sell off labor-intensive mines and joint ventures. And uh, that process seems to be getting momentum. We also saw S&P increase its uh, or upgrade the credit rating of Nedbank. And I'll speak to Simon Brown of Just One Lap in a minute uh, about this and other stories. But first, let's uh, look at some indicators. The JSE All Share is up 0.4%. The, J- the Resources Index has gained nearly 1.5%. Industrials uh, pretty flat, up 0.1%, while financials has gained uh, 0.3%. On international markets, the FTSE 100 is trading 0.2% higher. The DAX has gained 1%. The CAC 40 up nearly 0.7%. Earlier in Southeast Asia, uh, the Nikkei lost uh, 0.8%. Shanghai was down nearly 1%, while the Hang Seng is uh, it was down 0.2 percent looking at individual shares that were performing well or that are performing well glencore has uh, bounced by 3.4 percent anglo-american uh, up 2.7 percent arm has gained to has gained two and a half anglo-plat also 2.4 percent higher on the negative side masmar down 1.6 percent aeci down 1.2 raynet has lost uh, just over one percent mmi holdings also down one uh, percent sabania gold and clicks also uh, down around 0.8 percent let's look at some currencies the rand is currently trading at uh, 13 rand 68 against the dollar 18 rand 13 against the pound and 16 rand and two cents against the euro bitcoin is six thousand five hundred and seven sixty seven dollars and in rand 94 thousand four hundred rand for one bitcoin on the commodity market gold is trading at one thousand two hundred and fifty three dollars platinum at eight hundred and forty two dollars brent crude is at seventy seven dollars seventy eight while the R186 is trading at 8.77%. On the line is Simon Brown of Just One Lap. Uh, Simon, I want to start the uh, markets, uh, you know, higher, but it seems like we have a bit of stability in the uh, the currency, at least for the last week or so. Uh, the R186 also relatively stable at around uh, 8.8%. Um, you know, I know a week is not a long time, but it's a lot less volatile this week than last week, for example. Afternoon, Rake. It absolutely is. I mean, we must also quantify. I mean, obviously, yesterday the U.S. was closed, so we had a quiet day locally. And, and so far today, uh, the value gone through the market is about five billion, a little over five billion, which is which is modest. 
um, we would normally be sitting closer to, hope in an ideal world, 7, 8, maybe even 10 billion by this time of the day. But certainly you're right, uh, we're seeing a currency stable at around the 1370 level. We're not seeing those 20, 25 cent swings sort of intraday. And my sense is, is that some of the, the, the broader sort of emerging market fears that, that saw uh, emerging market currencies being hit, and, and we've got to stress that ours was you know, the least of a bad bunch. Um, it was you know, the Turkish lira, uh, Venezuela were the ones, you know, Mexico, and we were really getting hit. But it certainly seems that there's stability coming. The rand's happy around the 1370, might drift out a bit. It might move down to maybe the 1350s and 40s. That would be my sense of probably where it's going to go in the next few weeks. Uh, bonds are, are, are relaxed. And, and our market, we, we had that, that massive ramp up on, on, on Friday, uh, over 3% up. A bit of a pullback, giving some of it back on Monday. But as you say, we're, we're sitting pretty. We're kind of drifting along. The Resi 10 being the one index that is doing very well, uh, that's been you know, out and out winner today, up almost 2% so far. Yeah, the bond market, 8.77%. That has come down, well, significantly. It was trading at 9.1% uh, not too long ago. And in many ways, that's a better benchmark for the international view of the local market. I think you're 100% right. Yeah, certainly, there are foreigners buying our equities and the like, and we can do that. But I think you're spot on when you say that our bond market is, is a better representation. And although a, you know, a move from, call it 9 to 8.77, is you know, less than a quarter of a percent, that's in the bond market, that's a, a real and significant move. Uh, and what it's telling us is that foreigners are coming in and buying our bonds. We can also see it, the stronger rand, as foreigners first have to buy the bazaar, the, the and then they go and, and, and buy the bond. What it does suggest is that, and we've certainly seen it, is that the fears, which ironically just, you know, 10 days, two weeks ago were flying around emerging markets and trade wars and all of those type of issues, uh, seem to have abated. The question is, for how long will that happen? But certainly we've, we've seen some elections. We've had the Mexican election, um, and, and you know, the market kind of shrugged that off to a fair degree. So there is some, some, some normality returning. There's some confidence returning. Foreigners are coming in and buying our bonds. And we certainly, in the space of emerging markets, you know, it, it's a wide breadth of markets that sit there. But we're typically sort of towards the top in terms of, of, of quality and, and confidence, both in our economy, within our government, within the structures. And that then makes our bonds quite attractive. And a you know, 8.77% yield um, on, 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 a, on, a, on, a, on a government bond is, a, is an attractive yield for, for an economy such as ours. And, and foreigners are going to like it and going to be buying it. Yeah, and that's after the significant outflow uh, in the first half of the year, I think nearly 40 billion. So hopefully there is a bit of a turnaround. We need those capital flows. But looking at some... Um, corporate news, um, Glencore announced the, it will buy back around a billion dollars of shares. And of course, as I've said earlier, this follows the U.S. Department of Justice um, subpoena for some documents relating to uh, potential uh, money laundering and corruption in three countries it is doing business in. Uh, do you think this buyback is in reaction to this uh, investigation just to, to, to uh, you know, please some of the investors? I, I think it absolutely is. I mean, it, you know, in, in, in total market cap terms, it's about one and a half percent. So it, 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 it's chunky. It, it, not massive, but certainly one and a half percent is chunky. What we also saw in that in the in the sell-off on Tuesday, um, that was a 52-week low for that stock. It's sub 48 rand. It, it certainly had a had a very good run. Um, and and just less than a month ago, mid June was its high at just over 72 rand. 
So it, it had been under some pressure. That massive sell-off on, on Tuesday uh, has spooked some pe- some people, and this, I think, is showing some confidence. The question is if this is the, the right point to be to be doing the buyback. I mean, this is a stock where you know, it's sort of towards the end of 2015, early 2016, was trading around the low 20s. So that they, you know, they're going to be buying back at, at, at a significant premium to where it's been in, within sort of two and a half years. Um, but I, I think to your point that they really are trying to indicate to the market that you know they're not concerned about this, which has been as per statements that they've made, and that they're prepared to take the money from their balance sheet and, and put it into the equity, even at these prices. Um, and with all respect to Dencor, it does also offer a bit of a support to that share price, but it's certainly recovered a lot of the the, the, the pain which it saw on Tuesday when that news initially broke. Yeah, up three point four percent today uh, to fifty nine rand seventy five. And uh, Peter Major yesterday said, or earlier this week said that uh, he believes uh, the correction or the downward. Uh, movement has been overdone and it actually represents a buying opportunity. Then another story that seems to drag on is Capitec. Um, now, uh, you know, the Reserve Bank actually acknowledged that it was, um, it did ask the National Credit Regulator to investigate the fee structure of one of their products um, that was initially denied, uh, but it seems that it actually is the case. Um, what do you make of this? My first make of it is that this is just messy, and, and I'm, not, I'm not bringing the journalist into it as well. The journalist turns out a to have been right, and, and b was you know therefore well within their rights to report the story. It's messy from perspective of the Reserve Bank and Capitec, who both early in the week said no, no, not at all, um, and now it's, it turns out that absolutely this is the case. Now, sure, that product was terminated back in 2016. Uh, this is one of the allegations that Viceroy has been making against against Capitec. So. Yeah, the the impact is not going to be on on any product that they're currently selling or any uh, current revenue, but certainly there is a potential for for fines in, in, in retrospect back to the when they were selling the product. But one really gets the sense that there was perhaps a bit of a, a knee jerk rush response to to deny it. When uh, I think that cool heads should have actually sat down and said, let's really find out what happened, uh, rather than just. Yeah, and, and that 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 knee-jerk rush to deny it was almost again the sort of you know backing away Viceroy. And, and as much as the, the jury's out on on whether people like Viceroy and whether they're any good at what they do, the truth of the matter is they've had some successes. Uh, Steinhoff being one of them, medical company in the U.S., an Australian company as well. Um, but like any analyst, whether you're a long or a short side uh, a, a trader and investor, you're going to get some of them wrong. Capitec seems to be one that they got wrong. But I still think a more considered and, and ultimately a more accurate statement from both the Reserve Bank and Capitec was frankly in, in, in order. And it, it, this looks bad on, on, on both of those institutions. Now, having said that, the, the share uh, did collapse in quotation marks with around 20% when the news broke um, at the beginning of the year. And it hasn't recovered anything of it really. Uh, still relatively flat since the beginning of the year. Um, you know, is this a, a re-rating of the share, um, or does that, that did the Viceroy report have anything to do with this? I think bits of both. Capitec was almost 1,100 rand at the end of last year, and and I'm a shareholder in Capitec. I love the stock, I love the bank, but 1,100 rand was eye-wateringly expensive for Capitec. My my value on Capitec is around the 600, 640 level. So even at 870 where it's trading now, this is an expensive stock. 
But I think two things have happened. So one is that re-rating, which was probably more, you know, it was going to happen sooner or later, and, and, and Viceroy certainly helped it along in the process and, and, and brought it back down to 870, and it's been trading pretty much in the sideways range of, of sort of eight to 900 rand since that report came out. The other story is, is that, make no mistake about it, is that there are some investors out there who, who were wishing they'd bought Capitech, who'd seen it at 1,100 rand, felt that they'd missed an opportunity, um, but now no longer want to buy it. In other words, you've got a smaller pool of potential buyers for Capitech because of Viceroy. And they're taking the view, and, and it's an absolutely fair view to take, which is, well, I don't know who's right here. Is Viceroy right? Is Capitech right? What is the truth in this story? We, we honestly don't know. It's, it's opinions. I, I got mine. Others have got theirs. But there's going to be a smaller pool of potential investors. And it does, at this point, it, it puts a layer of tarnish over Capitech. Whether that layer of tarnish is fair or not is truthfully moved to the process. It is there. Um, and therefore sort of capping on, 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 on the price. So it's stuck in that range. And the range, which I, as I said, I, I still consider it, it's, it's a great stock. It's a great business. It's got great potential. Uh, I, I don't think Viceroy are right. I think they've got this one wrong. But uh, this is a stock sitting on a, on a historic PE of, of 23%, sorry, 23 times. Um, that's expensive, even for their, their space within the banking sector. Yeah, absolutely. A very interesting case study indeed. Um, turning to another bank, NetBank um, received a thumbs up from uh, ratings agency Standard & Poor's. Um, the rating was upgraded to ZAAA+, um, and it follows uh, S&P also improving the ratings of PPC, African Bank, and Capitec um, earlier this week. Uh, what does this mean for the company? So I think, I mean, for, for, for NetBank, I mean, we notice I mean, the, the share is up a little bit, uh, 0.8% or so, so, so not even 1% higher. Uh, but it, it confirms what is the general view, uh, both locally and, and globally, of our, of our investment grade of our banks, which is that our banks are of incredibly high quality. Um, they've got the capital reserves. You know, Basel III comes into full effect in the next year or so. Uh, and our banks have been ready for Basel III for, for probably two, maybe even three years. So their capital adequacy ratios are strong. They're healthy. Uh, they're generating profits. Their profits have been single-digit HEPs growth. Uh, but in this current environment, it's livable. Uh, the bad debt levels, you know, their impairments have been sitting at around the 0.4, 0.5 level. Add to the outlier, but that outlier is only sitting, if I recall, I think it was 0.76. Even that is a historically low impairment level. Um, and they, the banks are, are moderately priced. They, they're sort of Goldilocks. They're not expensive. They're not cheap. They're on forward PEs of around 10, depending which bank we're looking at. And I think the device for the standard and poor's upgrade really uh, confirms that our banks are of high quality. Uh, we've got good oversight from the Reserve Bank, um, and they're incredibly well managed and have done fairly well in what has been a, a very, very tough uh, uh, three, four, five years of, of operating here. Yeah, during the past three months, NetBank is down nearly 9%, uh, down 6% during the past month, uh, historic PE of 10.8, forward PE of around 9. So, uh, yeah, you know, you say Goldilocks, some may say this, this is offering value, although there are some clouds on the horizon uh, in terms of rising interest rates. 
Yeah, I, I think you're right. And certainly for the banks were doing incredibly well and they came under pressure sort of towards the, the, the beginning of May. A lot of that was driven around the emerging market that we had uh, concerns we'd spoken about. A lot of it, it was also just around valuation. The bank certainly had run. But I mean, to your point, the, the, the forward PE, even looking particularly at, 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 at Nedbank, uh, forward PE of, of 9.4 is, is, is offering value in it. Now, maybe they won't do as expected in terms of growth, which means, well, okay, maybe that forward PE is 9.8. But for a bank, that is still an attractive price earnings ratio. Um, and whilst they've been growing modestly at, at as I said, single-digit growth mostly and, and you know, some, some outliers there and some one-off costs, particularly in the case of, of APSA, what we are seeing is that they've, they've held their growth during the tough times. And if we start seeing things improve and if we start seeing GDP coming through and we've seen lower inflation come through and if we can sustain this over the next year or two and they can get their, their earnings into perhaps the low teens, uh, these banks are offering great value. Yeah, with a dividend yield uh, of nearly 5% to boot, uh, I think the value investors may, may start to look more aggressively at banks. But thank you, Simon. That was Simon Brown of Just One Lap. And uh, unfortunately, that is all we have time for today. This show was brought to you by the South African Institute of Chartered Accountants, leaders in business. Numbers rule the world. Inflation, interest rates, petrol price. And when numbers change, you need to know how to respond, especially when it comes to business. Partner with a chartered accountant and get far more than a numbers person. A CASA is equipped with holistic business acumen and decision-making expertise when evaluating your business's future growth. Partner with a responsible leader in business. Partner with a CASA today. Go to saika.co.za. And that's it for this edition of the MoneyWeb Admira Show. Thank you for tuning in. 